Hello and welcome back to the Sports Beat Podcast. What a week, man. No football, no nothing going on, just some basketball. First things first, we promised Caleb Brozick would be on. Mr. Brozick, thank you for joining us. Oh, of course. It's a pleasure. And also, uh, Tristan can't make it tonight. Uh, he might have coronavirus. Just kidding. He doesn't have coronavirus. He's just not feeling very well. Uh, so, but uh, hopefully, he gets better real quick. A lot of things to talk about. XFL happening, uh, some basketball, all that jazz. Uh, but the first thing we actually want to cover is making sure that you guys subscribe, like, leave us a comment. You guys know the drill. Make sure you guys get all that in so you can let us know what we're doing right and what we're doing wrong uh, to get all the latest sports briefing from the Sports Brief Podcast. Um, so <laughs> with that, let's actually jump right into this thing. This was something – the first thing I put on this list, I Googled it. I literally said sports news because I was looking for a final thing to look up, and it was Antonio Brown. What better thing to look up than Antonio Brown than his last things, than this last couple of months? Antonio Brown. Uh, is it – he see, he, want, he apologized to the Steelers uh, for his distractions as it, it was so well put. Yeah. Too little, too little or too late? What do you think? Oh, way too late. Um, especially with everything else that's happened. I mean, sure, with the whole detail. I mean, and I'm not a big Steelers fan, but coming through, like, you don't need that for a team. And if you're going to apologize well, an odd year later, it's too late to apologize. Like, yeah. I don't know. I think at this point, he's kind of, he's got more issues in football and apologizing to teams that he think he should worry about. And I guess that's my thoughts on Antonio Brown. Yeah. I mean, I just thought, like, at some point, shouldn't we stop hearing about this guy? Like, I mean, no offense, but he should just probably, like, quietly go into the shadows because he's probably not going to get in the NFL anymore. Uh, he's wasted many opportunities with teams. Maybe the XFL. I don't know. We'll, we'll get into that later. Um, but, I mean, I just felt like we should stop hearing from this guy at some point um, just because, uh, no, no offense to him, but, I mean, uh, at some point when you run out of opportunities, you, you, know, you waste opportunities, you just – you just stop hearing it for him. For me, um, I think I still I'll still stand by the fact that I do believe he will play somewhere. I don't know where. Um, I think it's going to be a year or two because I mean the dude's what probably yeah. I mean he's that talented. He's still probably uh, maybe could find a, a team. I don't know. I think it's one of those things you have to wait it out because for what this man has been uh, up to for the past year. I just think for right now, I think it's going to take some time for you know teams to calm down and everything because, again, a lot of distractions there as it was so well put. But uh, I think he's got to play somewhere again. I don't think it's going to be too long before we see Antonio Brown. And uh, wouldn't it be crazy if he went back to the Steelers? I, just, I, I think Mike Tomlin – there's no way Mike Tomlin allows that to happen. I don't think so. I mean, there's too much drama. I mean, if Mike Tomlin does – I mean, he's been a very verbal guy, actually, if you take him back on like, interviews with Mike Tomlin where – I don't think he likes to put up with that kind of attitude and action of a player to where I don't think he has ever, like, in his right mind, bring it back in. Let's let's take a look at this other thing. You know, we kind of threw this uh, this outline together. Uh, you know, for me, I, I, am one of the, I really wanted to cover some things, um, and we can even talk about some Vikings stuff, but I actually want to talk about some uh, NFL players retiring. And Eric Weddle, uh, and I believe Chris Long retired. You know, growing up sucks. Because you tend to see a lot of your favorite players and whatnot, like, just, just go and, like, they, they're never going to be back. You know, Chris Long, Eric Weddle was a guy. Uh, it just, for me, it's sad to see these guys go. But at the same time, I mean, uh, you guys, you can't play until you're 40 and unless you're, I guess, Tom Brady. But, I mean, yeah. or, or Brett Favre. But I just think, that, you know, NFL players are retiring. Okay. Uh, 
Chris Long, Eric Weddle, who are you going to miss more? Uh, Eric Weddle. I Eric. can't, I mean, me, like, football-wise, like, I go, I like to, like, big hitters, like, Eric Weddle, I think about it, like, the good old days when, and just watching him light people up, and it was just, I mean, I like to, like, think I modeled my play after him toward enough, like, he was a big guy, big role in, like, what I wanted to do as a player, and so, seeing him go, like, I was really upset and kind of, like, shocked, but, at the same, like you said, they get old, not everybody can do it till they're 40. Mm-hmm. For me, uh, I think it's a little bit of both, both, both obviously both de- both defensive players. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a defensive line guy. I played D-line in college and everything, so I got to go uh, with Mr. Long here. I think that uh, he's going to be, you know, I, I really just wanted to see him win a Super Bowl because oh. I, I think we've seen it, especially as Vikings fans. We've seen it with Everson Griffin. Uh, excuse me. Yeah, well, Everson Griffin, i.e. number one. And then we've also seen it with Jared Allen. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we've... We've seen uh, Chris Dolman, like just these legendary defensive ends, Jim Marshall on page, like even the four purple people leaders who suffered through three Super Bowl or four Super Bowl losses, whatever it was. I think that, you know, I wanted one of uh, a defensive end. Like I just, my heart pours out to defensive ends that don't win Super Bowls because yeah, they get, they, they get sacks and everything, but they don't get the glory uh, that the quarterbacks do or the running backs, which rightfully so. It's not necessarily as a glory of a, a thing to happen. So I do think that uh, looking at this, uh, I got to go with long here, even though it's really not that big of a deal. But, um, I mean, I, I, you could go either way. Um, yeah. and, but I, yeah, that's what I think. But um, what about this? So who would you rather build an offense on, though? I was just thinking this is the next thing we're going into here. Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes, Alar- Lamar Jackson, excuse me. Um, I think Patrick Mahomes is the guy. Going forward, I think I'd be more interested in putting an offense around. Like, Lamar Jackson is – definitely one of the most dynamic players in our league yeah. you can't argue that i mean mvp year for sure but i don't think that style of football is ever like going to be there in the national football league like i mean we've seen it in spurts you've got michael vick back in like the early 2000s and everything but mm-hmm. it's just it's never like fully there it's got runs and then like i guess teams kind of realize that it's not a the, the way to go and so i think patrick mahomes is kind of like the closest thing to putting it both together mm-hmm. reminds me of uh Kind of like a Steve Young or something back in the day. Like he still can move when he needs to, but at the same time, he's there to lead a team and play quarterback instead of worrying about running the ball. Yeah, like I just I feel like Lamar Jackson. I I I'm gonna go against the grain here. I'm gonna say it's Lamar Jackson because of the fact. Now, don't get me wrong. Patrick Mahomes already has uh, a Super Bowl. He already has an arm. He's got some weapons. But the last time I checked, I would say it's quite easily to say that Lamar Jackson is the better athlete of the two, um, quite easily. And uh, as far as arm strength and accuracy, you got—I still, uh, still think you got to go Mahomes. But I, I think you know, speed is something you can't coach. And this was the first time I would say that Lamar. I mean, this was his first full year as a starter, and this was Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes' second. If it was me, I would be running a lot of different things, not just in terms of play action, in terms of. Uh, you know, read option. I would be running. I'd be making some weird stuff up, like triple, quadruple reverses. Probably wouldn't work. But I mean, if it's Lamar Jackson at my quarterback, I it's, would try. And it's thing. I mean, he gives you the option to be able to try it either way. Like, that's, I mean, I get what you're, you're right. Speed cannot be coached, and that's something I guess I think a lot of people take for granted. But at the same, yeah. and the offense could be amazing down the stretch, and I'm excited to see what they can do with him. But for me, I still I gotta stick with it because I think you could almost put do some of those same things with Patrick. Oh gosh, I got really dark there. Sorry. I know you're good. <laughs> some of the same things with Patrick Mahomes and 
sure he doesn't have the speed there, but the athleticism, I think, is still up, like higher than most like NFL quarterbacks to where I think he could pull off some of the same plays, maybe not quite as dynamically, but he'd get it done. Okay, let's see. Okay, so the Vikings. I actually got to bring this question up, and it was a question that I wanted to bring up when we had Tristan on because I think it would be it'd be cool to have two Vikings fans against a Packers fan. I don't know uh, because we mostly had Packers fans on the show, even no. though I know it's. it's I don't know how you let that slide. I I've tried. Uh, I've tried to get Vikings fans on here. Uh, no, I'm I I kid, of course. I actually want to think the biggest offseason move the Vikings have to make. What do you think it is? There's a barrage of ways you could go here. Um, looking at it, I. I mean, I, looking at what everything's going to happen, I think we're going to end up drafting a corner. You know, it's going to be young. I think the biggest like free agency move I think I want to see is maybe bringing another name for the offensive line. Sure, it played a lot better this year, but I think it, there's mm-hmm. still like there's enough guys out there that they're going to need work. And I mean, they're going to want to probably more money than we'll end up paying them, and we probably won't do it. But mm-hmm. I think we need to like another big name on that line would be nice to really protect Kirk and maybe like. The numbers were there for him this year to where if we can help him out, Dalvin Cook's numbers were huge. Another name could be the biggest thing to put it all together. Yeah. I have to say that if the Vikings don't I, – I know the cap is a myth now, especially with the Vikings and then what they've done with Anthony Barr, uh, you know, Daniil Hunter. Like, they pretty much retained their entire defense. And that has been killing it, by the way. I think for in order for the Vikings to really take a step forward from, you know, making – Getting beaten down by the 49ers in the divisional round, we can't we can't call a spade a spade. Like we have we have to call a spade a spade there. In order for the Vikings to build off that, it needs to start with the salary cap situation. Riley Reef, I don't know what needs to happen there, but I think if not if not uh, mess with the salary cap, at least bring in competition so that way you can cut them outright. Um, also, offensively, there's not a really a lot of contracts that I really don't support other than Kirk Cousins because, I mean, uh, $24 million of you. I, I say if you give Kirk Cousins $14 million, that's $10 million you can have to find another quality offensive line. Yep. And there's a lot of uh, – the Vikings even had Drew Samia, who not a lot of people knew. I watched him uh, a little bit when he was at Oklahoma. I watched his highlights. Dude's mean. Like, dude tries to hurt people. So mm-hmm. – with the struggles of Pat Elfline and the Vikings offensive line, personally, I think they've got the fix in-house at left guard. Uh, I think I, I think it could be Drew Simi. Even though Pat Elfline, he actually got better as the season wore on. Now, mind you, it wasn't, like, astronomically better. But that's a position switch that, I mean, anybody, like, going from college center to coming to be an NFL center and then going back to play guard, like, that's a tough thing. Yeah. Like, I don't think anybody, like, puts like takes that into consideration. Like, if I'm playing tight end, and uh, we'll not even say tight. We'll say running back. And you gain a little bit of weight, and you have to you go to fullback in the NFL. And basically, you have to lose all that weight, or you have to re go back to running back. Even if you stay at the same weight, I realize you know, running back and fullback aren't necessarily you know different. I mean, other than fullbacks are blocking more. But the thing is that the concept doesn't change. It's still a position switch. A lot of th- different things coming at you, and there's a lot of different th- things between a center and a guard, obviously. So I don't think people gave this man you know enough credit because again, I know the beginning of the year looked awful. I did not. Uh, I wasn't happy with how it went down. There was like I think through like the first four or five games, I think I saw him got thrown around like a rag doll more times than I could count. So I'm thinking that uh, the first thing they got to do is they got to. Uh, they they have to find a way, you know, salary cap situation. Who's the biggest like like free agent re-signing that the Vikings need to bring back though? Um, I guess I got to think about our contracts that we got coming up. 
I really, I don't know where I'd want to go to. Like, for sure, biggest signing. But... I say it's Anthony Harris. I, I Here's the thing, though, about Anthony Harris. I A lot of people don't take this into consideration. He was undrafted, like, completely. I think it was either out of Virginia or Virginia Tech. And the fact that that guy did as much as he did, I still think that Anthony Harris is, uh, he's a must-resign. He led, what, he led the NFL in interceptions last year. Uh, obviously, the Vikings had Harrison Smith. Anthony Harris, and from top to bottom, I think is a must-resign, especially because Harrison Smith, when he's down in the box, the boy makes plays now. And, I mean, I would say he's probably, if not one of the, the best safeties, one of the best safeties in the, currently in the NFL. Because, I mean, everything he does in the box, deep coverage-wise, he is uh, how hard he hits people. He ends them. Literally, he deserves to be, I think when it's all said and done, I hope he gets a Super Bowl. Maybe not with the, uh, if he doesn't get it with the Vikings, hopefully somewhere else because the man absolutely deserves it. I personally think that with everything that's going to happen with the Vikings, I think that they're going to find a way to retain Harris, which I full-heartedly agree with. I also think that if the Vikings uh, do bring back Anthony Barr, they need to do it on a – like because as for oh, as many times – Yeah, it's got to be cheaper, especially for what I saw him get his beat as often as he did out of, out, out of the backfield. Now, I know covering running backs in the NFL is hard. Like that's <laughs> – that's got to be one of the hardest jobs that you could do in the NFL other than playing corner or quarterback. Like, yeah. Tough job. But that's what he brought you to do it. That's what you've been doing for like, the past six or seven years. Yeah. Like, it's, like that's – it really, like, realized, like, middle early year, you know, you see him getting beat by those running backs up in the seams. And I was like, man, that's that's a play he used to make. And now, like, if we're going to – if he's going to keep playing here, it's got to be – that was the one when I knew it had to be cheaper. I was. I will say the Vikings re-signed Eric, uh, Eric Kendricks a while ago, and I still think he's got a year or two left on his contract. I'm excited yep. to see what he does for the next couple years because I do believe uh, that he is, if not, he's emerging as one of the best middle linebackers in the entire game. Now, interceptions. I don't think he had one during the regular season, but he had the most pass. Uh, what was it? The most pass deflections since like ever. Like I think out of any linebacker that's pretty much ever done it. And this guy everywhere in coverage. Does great during the against the run. The Vikings, though, uh, as far as I think, there's a lot of different things that the Vikings could do. I'm gonna we, we need to do another episode because I think that honestly, there's a lot of different things that the Vikings can do in order to bring in a lot of different stuff. Because from top to bottom, I think the, with everything that went on with the defensive line, especially against the 49ers, yeah, like those two inside guys. Like I know Linval is a Pro Bowler, but opposite him, Sheldon Richardson was a bigger loss than people think. All right. uh, yeah. So I don't know exactly what their plan is, uh, but I still think they need to be able to uh, they need to be able to bring somebody in opposite him. But we'll talk about Vikings another day. We got to go to Tom Brady, possibly going to the Raiders. Now, I want to start out by saying that uh, if he does, that will absolutely be one of the craziest things, like craziest turn of events. I don't. I can't even like fathom it. Like really, like thinking about Tom Brady anywhere besides New England is just. Absolutely insane. I mean, he's been their guy for what over a decade, decade and a half now. Yeah, had six Super Bowl rings. Six Super Bowl rings. Like thinking of him playing anywhere else but in a Patriots jersey is not there. I know. And the Raiders of all, like, okay, Derek Carr hasn't been as bad. Like, uh, we okay, the Raiders they can complain, but they haven't had to deal with guys like you know Christian Ponder and Tavares Jackson as their starting quarterbacks. Like, legit. You cannot complain unless you have had the Vikings luck at quarterbacks. The, I mean, at least the Raiders have won a Super Bowl, like, and they've had some good quarterbacks. They've had some franchise quarterbacks, 
and that they've drafted. Derek Carr's a franchise quarterback. I don't care what anybody says. I agree. And, and I don't know. I, that's that's part of the issue I think of bringing in Tom. Like even thinking about Tom Brady going to like Oakland, it's because I mean Derek Carr. Like sure, he's had a couple of rough years, but it's not like he's ever been like terrible. He's not one yeah. of those like guys that's ever been at the bottom of the league kind of. And you're gonna bring in a like a an old veteran to re- try to replace him instead of yeah. you know, I think surround him with something else, and I think they win. Yeah, and there's another thing though, uh, that if now if the Vikings or excuse me if the Raiders had not had had Antonio Brown, I think this would have played all very differently because number one, if Antonio Brown would have played, I believe that Derek Carr would have been able to just tear people apart, like including the Vikings, because uh, especially with what he would have done, uh, um, Brown would have done against the Vikings early in the season. But I I still think that it, we would be talking very differently had Antonio Brown not. And you know, did what he did with the Raiders, yeah. and uh, subsequently the uh, the Patriots. I think it's comes down to I think, and, and there's not really a lot of weapons. Like, what was it? The, the only tight end that they had uh, down in Oakland was a guy that was basically not heard of. Mm-hmm. And other than that, they'd really, I mean, other than their running back, uh, can't I'm blanking his name oh, right now, but Josh, um, Josh Jacobs. No, no. Yeah, yeah Josh it. Jacobs. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And I, I, I look at it, okay, they were 7-9 and nine last year after being like, well, they only won like three or four games a year before that. 7-9 yeah. and nine this year, Derek Carr, 21 touchdowns, 8 picks. But Josh Jacobs, 1,100 yards, 7 touchdowns, okay, one offensive weapon. Uh, Darren Waller, their, their tight end I was just talking about. 90 catches, 1,100 yards, but before that, nobody knew who this guy was. Yeah, and then you got Hunter Giffro or Giffro. That was a good uh, big <laughs> shout out to Giff Hunter Renfro. Excuse me, I used to play with a guy named Hunter uh, Giffro of uh, of PC. But uh, quick shout out. But Hunter Renfro, I mean, I believe he had more t- uh, like tied with the same amount of touchdowns as Odell did. So like as a rookie out of Clemson, like that's pretty crazy. And Tyrell Williams, I don't, I know a lot of. I even brought him on the, uh, you know, I I talked about him on the podcast a while ago when Tristan was on. I still think Tyrell Williams is a guy that. Not a lot of people heard of. Like, they didn't really know a lot about. And when he came to the Raiders, he actually made a lot of plays and did some good things for him. Now, uh, a big jump from when, uh, you know, from when Gruden and everybody stepped in there. So I- I'm excited for the Raiders. I still think that there's a lot of things they could do there. But I don't think Tom Brady is the answer. No. No, I, not at all. No. I think they've got – add some receivers. Like, okay, other than Renfro they had and Williams, keep in mind. I mean, they didn't have a receiver over 40 catches. So, and when you have Derek Carr, who can, now he can huck it now. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you can't tell me that if you didn't have yeah. Antonio Brown, if you have Antonio Brown for the Raiders, they go at least 10 and 6. Agreed. At 10 and 6. Because Antonio Brown is that much of a talent that they get three games back with him. And I, I think people, I mean, it's the Raiders, so I think a lot of people. I didn't know what was going to happen, especially when they they drafted uh, who was that Cleveland Farrell guy out of out of Clemson like really like early like nobody was expecting that. I was expecting him to take uh, try to take Bosa or somebody or try to figure out you know what they could do there. But if you look at this, the Raiders were surprisingly competitive in uh, in a lot of games. I mean, they just barely lost to Houston, and uh, I mean they got blown out by the Jets. But I mean that's uh, <laughs> just kind of how it goes. Yeah. And then they they were one game away from being being 500, and that was against the Broncos. They lost by one point. So, I mean, I think the Raiders are not that far off. They're going to have to do some things differently. Um, okay, you said the Vikings are going to draft a quarterback. I, I at some point, I, I feel like we always do, and I 
really don't want it to be our first round because I feel like yeah. that's what we always end up doing. But I know I think I wouldn't be surprised if like round. I mean, it's not a terrible class for corner at all. So I wouldn't be surprised if we could get snag like a top talent and still like you know second round sitting at like pick fifty. I I swear. If the Viking, the Vikings, I would actually agree. Like I, I, that was my surprise pick for the Vikings is they do pick up a quarterback. I don't think they do in the first round because I think now, even if you do draft a quarterback, you still have you still have Kirk Cousins. He's probably going to be the starter this year uh, yeah. for at least one more year, uh, barring non-injury, of course. So, and that's another thing that I don't think a lot of people thought about. If Kirk Cousins, uh, God, you know, God willing, does not get like if he gets injured, like I don't want him to get injured. I. I feel like that would be awful because now their Vikings are at what twenty eight million dollars uh, out a, a good quarterback. Who okay, Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. I'm tired of people, oh. you know, bashing him. He is a good yeah. quarterback. Needs a little bit of help on the offensive line, and at the end of the day, the Vikings got away from their offensive scheme against the 49ers. That's why it was a two score game, and they didn't they weren't able to run the football because Delvin Cook was hurt and Alexander Madison wasn't much better. Like he was injured too. So yeah. looking at this, I hope you know. Uh, barring anything catastrophic, I I don't think the Vikings are going to draft anything first round, but I expect second round down, they might bring in a surprise quarterback. And I don't know that it will necessarily be a guy that they uh, think can push Cousins, if you will, but I do think that it will be a surprise pick at quarterback because after Cousins, after this next year, it's wide open. Like, yeah. we don't know what could happen. And I think that it's, it's something that's interesting and it's something you have to look at because – I don't know if the like that's another big question. Will Kirk Cousins get another big contract? I don't know. I think it's yeah. a good question because this year he played better than he did last year because I think honestly he had better offensive line play. The the scheme was better fit to him. They ran play action way better. And I think I think overall he played much better than his first year in Minnesota. So I'm excited to see what happens. Uh but I don't think it goes in the first round. The Vikings have way too many needs. They need a left guard, again, who I think Drew Samia can come in. Josh Klein, I thought, okay, I have to kind of call myself out here. <laughs> at, at the beginning of the season, I said that starting right starting right guard Josh Klein should be replaced by Drew Samia. I, uh, I got to say, I was wrong here because uh, Drew Samia, uh, excuse me, Josh Klein played very respectively. Yeah. He played very well when he was in there and not, and not injured, unfortunately. Um, and I think that he did a very good job stepping at, a, stepping at a right guard because a lot of people – he was coming from Tennessee. And I was like, okay, if Tennessee lets go of an offensive lineman, like there's got to be something wrong. And I watched him. He got overpowered at times. Leverage was a little questionable. And, I mean, he was undrafted. So you figure, okay, this guy's probably on his last wheel or whatever. He played very respectably for the Vikings. So I can't I can't bash the guy. And this guy in Drew Samia, he is a mauler. I think people don't realize what this guy did to people in college. He – he hurt them. So I'm excited to see, you know, what those offensive line, those that second string offensive line guy, lineman can do. And, it, okay, did you watch the last regular season game against Chicago? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I would say for three quarters of that game, that second offensive line played. And, of course, there's going to be some mistakes and everything. It's the second unit. Like, they haven't played all season long. They almost beat Chicago while not even having basically any of their starters in. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, okay. If their offensive, our offensive line can let uh, can let our running backs. I think it was. I'm trying to remember who that third string running back was for the Vikings. Um, yeah, Mike Boone. Thank you, Mike Boone. Run for what over 150, almost 150 yards. Like, dude, if yeah. he runs for them against the Bears with our second offensive line, I'm pretty pumped. Well, like, agreed. Then, then, but I, I mean, with a second unit offensive line playing the way they did, 
that was it was crazy especially i mean the best part, I think, sorry, a little off topic, but the my favorite part of that whole game is the fact that how much hate we got after we lost that. Yeah. Everybody was saying nobody wanted to actually talk about how we had our second unit in playing that game and still almost beat the Bears. Yeah. I know. Thank you. And I think that even defensively, too, we had our second, uh, mm-hmm. most of our second guys in. And I know Daniil Hunter was a guy that suffered from it because I think he needed like half a sack to get like a $600,000 raise. I would have been, I would have been a little mad. Like I would have, I would have tried to play Give me a play. Give me two. I'll get a half attack before. Yeah. I mean, you've done it all year. Yeah, I know. I was like, okay, this is not like the give him a drive. He would have gotten a sack and a drive. Like for like yeah. seriously, I, I I was a little mad if I would have been mad if I was him. But this business also isn't about money, I guess. Uh, unless you're Kirk Cousins, who oh, uh, this next year has a lot of a lot of money coming his way. Uh, I do again. I do. I do want the Vikings to draft a quarterback, but a first round. I think corner is a big like. What if yeah, corner will? I mean, it's got to be our first round target, I would think. Especially yeah, like with the uncertainty of Xavier Rhodes' play this whole last year. I mean, yeah, last like three to, years. Like, what the well, true, true. <laughs> and this, this year was the icing on the cake for me to where I was like, you know what? Oh, okay, let's figure something out here with you, uh, bud. Yeah, and I know. You it, want to talk about, oh, sorry, I'll catch you off again, but uh, talk about the most probably. Un, our most surprising all our, yeah pro bowl pick um replacement yeah. there oh my god i was like that at that point for me that solidified the fact that the pro bowl is a joke oh like yeah <laughs> like okay first of all kirk cousins didn't make it over aaron Rodgers. now i'm not saying that kirk cousins is in any way better than aaron Rodgers. that is not obviously that i would be that would be blasphemous I, I should not have a podcast if I ever <laughs> actually said that in a sentence and actually meant it. Kirk Cousins is very clearly not the better quarterback. But Kirk Cousins did have a better statistical season and just yep. about uh, – if he and I think people forget. Uh, I don't remember. I don't think the Packers played their last game. I think they did. Uh, if Kirk Cousins plays that last game, I, I severely think he has a I, – I think that he really starts to boost those numbers too. And for me, I do believe – that Kirk Cousins does show some good things when he has to, but he's not Aaron Rodgers. And I'm never going to compare him that. I'm never going to say him, but he did deserve to be, this year at least, he deserved to be in the Pro Bowl above Aaron Rodgers because of what he did this year, Um, especially after week three. What was it? Four? When everybody was hating him, and then he started to come up like October, uh, was it October Player of the Month or whatever? Yep. And just absolutely started to ball out. And got Dalvin Cook going, even though when he got hurt, it was put on Kirk. But, okay, the Vikings won't draft a uh, quarterback in the first round. They got to figure out um, – and I was I was a guy that thought Mike Zimmer was crazy for drafting all these corners in the first round and second round. I'm like, dude, we don't need 12 corners. Like, what, what are you talking about? Mr. Zimmer, if you ever listen, I was wrong. <laughs> you are 100% right. Uh, you do need a lot of corners, especially in this league where you, you – especially when you face Aaron Rodgers twice a year and, and Matt Stafford, who is a very respectable quarterback. A lot, not a lot of people give him any respect very either. Very underrated quarterback, yes. And then also, I mean, when the Vikings, even though uh, it was a Moore that they went to play in uh, Kansas City, absolutely shredded the Vikings like all season long. As a Vikings fan, though, didn't it seem like the entire season, like it was like just unlucky streak after unlucky streak? Like every time – an opposing quarterback would throw a pass. I'd like that would go long. I just felt like, okay, 
There's something's off about this play. Like, it's going to be bad luck. Somehow they're going to catch it, and it's going to be, like, over Xavier Rhodes or Trey Waynes. Like, I just yep. – I, I felt so bad for him. Like, uh, it was tough watching it. I mean, Trey Waynes, the kid, I, he's impressed me. I, I mean, sure, not the greatest year, but at the same time, I think going forward, he's our CB1. Like, yeah. It, I like him. Hughes in the slot, I thought, played well. Mm-hmm. But I think those are some guys that we're still going to have to obviously put some other guys around. You can't play corner with just two in this league anymore. Too many wide yep. receiver threats. And talk, talk, you want to talk unlucky. I mean, two backup quarterbacks we face, both of them beat us. That, that's really when I was like, hmm, this is going to be how the year goes. And oh, and for me, I'm actually I'm actually optimistic. I was happy that it ended in the divisional round the way it did. Like I was like, okay, it hurts, but at the same time, I'm like, okay, this was coming. Like there was no way that we could deny it. Um, I do feel though that if if Dove, we need to see if Dalvin Cook can stay healthy for a full year, mm-hmm. like for real, still, like still has not. Yeah, yeah. I think once he had, I think the first year was only four games. Not his problem. Tony Asil was awful. You know, I mean, obviously a very tough injury. To come back from, then the year after that he had some hamstring. I think some growing too. And you know, when he was healthy, you were like, okay, if this guy stays healthy for fourteen to fifteen games, he's gonna run for over a thousand yards. This year he does. You know, I think he stayed. Yeah, he did. He stayed healthy for like thirteen games this year, ran for over twelve hundred yards, and like he was very, uh, he was very effective until we got to the playoffs. Obviously, um, you know the, uh, that crazy Kirk Cousins pass to Kyle Rudolph to win it was oh was nuts. So. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I think it was. Like, I have to give the Saints. I feel bad for the Saints, though. Like, that's, that's to have your that. season end like that, like in consecutive years, and then they literally oh. changed the past, uh, the past, like, interference rule completely around for you, and then you get screwed it, on it, it by again. Like yeah. I, was, I feel for Saints fans a little bit. Like, I, I get why uh, Michael Thomas was a little salty. Like, I think we can give the man that. Like, he should have been salty. But yeah. still, at some point, uh, you know, they had multiple – they didn't miss that field goal. Like, we go on and on about the things that oh. the Saints could have done to win that game. Um, but I just think that uh, – it, it, I think it was OPI. Um, mm-hmm. But, again, it's one of the things we have to come down, back to. Uh, let's see. Most exciting player of the Vikings uh, from the Vikings that you're excited to see next year? Maybe, a, like, a guy that's going to have a bigger role? Um, actually, I'd say old B.C. Johnson was probably my pick there. Really, I think, yeah, I think you put him in the slot with Thielen fully healthy, Diggs out there. I mean, slot if he goes wide and you put Thielen like in the slot. I mean, either way, I think he's gonna like you'll see a number increase from him to where I think he's the player to really like keep an eye on for next year or even coming back. Uh, Chad Beebe. Yeah, uh, Chad Beebe. Like I was surprised. Like I had him preseason pick i said he was a guy that was going to come out and catch 40 passes for the vikings like i said okay because they obviously thielen digs number one number two locked out yep. don't need to worry about it okay so after that it was the laquan treadwell uh ola bc johnson and chad bb like chad bb it was obviously over laquan treadwell at this point like i think uh the water boy is almost over laquan treadwell but i i think that uh he still made some plays this year like laquan treadwell and there was no drops. That was the nice thing to see. I know. Like, for, for a guy that was, like, a former first-round pick, I was like, okay, I know that this ship has probably sailed in Minnesota, and rightfully so. He even admitted mm-hmm. it. But yeah. I do have to say, he did – there was a lot of times he really turned it around. I actually hope they bring him back on, like, a one-year deal, like $500,000 minimum, you know, just so maybe we'll see what he can do. Maybe he can make mm-hmm. a living out of this wide receiver three, uh, you know, 
play. I don't know. Like, cause yeah. I still think there's some good stuff there. He's big. He can run a little bit. He can catch some passes. So I don't know. I feel, I still think I like your OBC Johnson pick, but I'm going to do you one better. Okay. I'm going to say Irv Smith Jr. is going to come out next year. I'm predicting it right here. He catches at least 50 passes and at least five touchdowns. 50 passes, five touchdowns. Yeah, because, I mean, I, I can't argue that. Because I think what the Vikings are going to do, they're going to bring in an offensive lineman, whether that's free agency, the draft, uh, trade, whatever, and mm-hmm. they're going to force older BC Johnson, or they should force to try to like, get the ball in his hands in open field because <laughs> this kid can run. Like, holy cow. Like, you blink, he's across the 50. Like, this dude, can, he's got, like, speed. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, uh, don't get me wrong. Kyle Rudolph has had his moments in Minnesota, but he's not that fast. Like, is it, is no. it, me? Isn't it painful to watch him run a little bit? You're like, all right, big guy, let's go. <laughs> That's best, I mean, best time to throw it to him is in the red zone when you don't have to worry about what he's got to do after he catches the ball. Yeah, exactly. That, yeah, and I think, uh, especially offensively, the Vikings, uh, I think they're going to see a little bit of a decline from Rudolph because I think that they're they're just going to go more towards Irv Smith Jr. So that's why I picked him to be able to come out next year. Um, and I, th- I still think uh, that uh, Irv Smith Jr. is going to be one. But then also on the defensive side of the ball, I'll let you go to your defensive side in a little bit. I think that um, Jaleel Johnson, now he was a guy. I see, I watch a lot of tape. I'm a nerd. I, don't, I have a lot of spare time. And I, I watched tape on him, and there was a lot of times he gets overpowered. He's in the wrong gap. He has the wrong leverage. And if the Vikings don't bring somebody else in and they think that Jaleel Johnson uh, can take keep that spot, because there were times when he played very well. In the run game, in the pass game, Dallas, he had played very well against Dallas um, and in a game we had to have. And yeah. I still think that next year he's going to come out. He's going to get a lot more opportunities because he showed he could play in a lot of situations. I think he had, what, like three sacks this year? And the, the starting uh, D tackle, what, Shamar Seven had one? Like, yeah. I think he's going to get more of a chance. And I think he's going to make good on it because, hey, you gotta keep, I got to love the former boy from Iowa. You know what I mean? Oh, sure. So, so defensively, who's your pick? Who's going to come uh, out next year? I think I'm, I, I mentioned him earlier, and I think it's going to be Mike Hughes sitting there in the corner. I think. We saw okay. some spurts throughout the year where definitely played well. And I think when it comes down to the time, like crunch time, when he's going to be like our one or two next year, he's going to surprise some people. I mean, the size isn't really like the biggest, obviously, not the yeah. biggest kid to play. But I think if you keep him maybe inside that slot position, jamming up some wide receivers, like he's going to do a good work. Yeah. And I think uh, when I, I absolutely love Mike Zimmer, like, I don't mean to sound weird, but Mike Zimmer, if you ever need a place to stay in South Dakota, you can come down oh. to Winter Man. You you can stay with me. I'm pretty sure you can stay with you or your parents or whatever. Of course. Yeah, because I mean, I love Mike Zimmer. Number one, because he's a fixer. I think you know, especially these last couple of years, the offensive line has been like a major catastrophe for the Vikings' offense, like for a long time, ever since he's been there. So, but now I like the fact that him and general manager Rick Spielman are both really trying to like make something out of it. Like, they've drafted, what, three offensive linemen in the, fast, the past three drafts in the first couple of rounds, yeah. like and Pat Elfline, uh, Brian O'Neill, and then uh, uh, the new kid. Garrett uh, Bradbury. Bradbury. Yeah, Garrett Bradbury out of North Carolina State. Like, I'm glad that the Vikings are, are spending early-round picks. Like, we don't need to do, like, three years in a row like the, the, the Cowboys. Like, we don't need three first-round draft picks to be, like, like for the Vikings offensive line, like going towards the O line, I think that uh, Brian O'Neill is going to be is a very underrated right tackle, um, and he he was playing with a bad elbow too, and I don't think people uh, really took that into thought. Like playing with, uh, like when you can't bend your elbow past this and as, as an offensive tackle, that's a tough spot to be in. 
like I don't know, I don't know what people because especially the pass rushers, how like how active they have their hands, like that's tough. Like to not be able to bend your elbow past yeah. half. Um, but no, I think offensively, uh, as far as the O line goes, left tackle, I I don't I don't hate on Riley Reef. I I'm actually a fan of what he's done now. Yes, has he allowed a couple more sacks? Yes, mm-hmm. but Matt Khalil, do I need to say more? Yeah, I mean, no, not at all. Those were the bad days. Oh man. Yeah, like, like I, I hate to open that wound again, but Matt, it's like the less, it's the lesser of two evils. Yeah. And yeah. I think, what about us? Okay, I'll, I'll say this and I'll let you finish. I'm sorry. Uh, no. I think first round left tackle, uh, left tackle might be what the Vikes do because uh, corners. I think Zimmer's proven he can fi- find corners pretty much anywhere and yeah. develop them. Um, so I mean, because he's the cornerback guru, but I think first, ta- first uh, round offensive tackle left. Obviously, left tackle because Brian O'Neill's got right tackle spotted mm-hmm. down. But okay, what were you gonna say? I, I guess I don't know. I had brains gone, train thoughts out the window. So no, <laughs> you're good. Um, let's see here. Um, can you give me okay? If the Vikings had to go for Joe Burrow, like if they had a legitimate shot to go for Joe Burrow, what, and, and they would trade Kirk Cousins to the Bengals, and they would have to trade two first round draft picks, would you pull that trigger? I don't know if I would. I I don't. Really? You're not I, for a like Joe Burrow? I'm not a, I don't think the play is going to be there at the next level to where the, you won't see that same numbers that he had this last year at LSU. Yeah. I think I hate to say it, but it kind of reminds me of like some of the earlier like 2000 quarterbacks or like even like an Eric Crouch or Couch Crouch. No, I don't Eric remember. Couch, yeah. but, but I don't think that he's going to have that transition and he's going to be one of the Heisman busts that everybody hates to see and really more often than not. Yeah. That's wow, that's kind of catching me off. Everybody loves this kid, him and Trevor Lawrence. Everybody's like, like over those two quarterbacks. Trevor Lawrence is a guy next year. I'm excited to see where he goes because I think he will tear it up the next level. But I I don't feel comfortable with saying Joe Burrow's will. Like, I just something's off with I don't know, maybe it's just me, something's not right, but I don't see it transitioning well for him. But also, we have to put in the fact that we don't have football for a long time. Oh, like. <laughs> This show is going to be mainly basketball, like early uh, predictions for next year. And some, like, that's basically what it's going to be is basically basketball because no football for a long time. We've also got March coming up. March coming up. It's a month away. What am I saying? You know, we've got March Madness that will obviously happen uh, a little ways down the line here. But uh, as far as the Vikings, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad I got another Vikings fan because I can actually express some of the stuff, the thoughts I have. <laughs> Dalvin Cook, will he be back? Like, obviously he's going to be back, but will he get a contract extension? Uh, yeah. You have Dalvin to Cook. Have but he to. can't stay healthy for a full season. Uh, you, I mean, the numbers when he is there, though, I think they're too good to – I mean, I would hate this to be – like, if I'm – yeah, if I'm either Zimmer or Spielman, if I see him have to like leave and see watch him go somewhere else and tear it up for, I mean, maybe an NFL chasing down Emmett Smith, you know, 2,000 yards, I would yeah. hate to see it to where, and I think the talent's there that he could to where I don't, you have to give him that extension. Yeah, I agree with you. I think honestly, the reason he's probably getting hit so much is because he, like, it was like a lot like Adrian Peterson, like this zone scheme is. Mm-hmm. You, you sometimes you get hit in the backfield and that's tough. Like you have to as a running back, the thing that makes Double Cook so amazing is you know when he gets ahead of steam, like 
you either a aren't going to catch him or you're going to pay for doing so. Mm-hmm. And and when he's caught in the backfield, it's just tough because you know the entire I can't name how many runs the Vikings had for that looked like it should have been for negative yards, but but since. Devil Cook is so elusive and fast and strong, like you, you just couldn't bring him down. So he turned like a negative two yard run into like a five yard run, and I think that was, I think that's what the zone blocking or excuse me, zone running scheme is meant to do. But at the same time, if he was to go, I don't think. Don't get me wrong, Alexander Madison is a dude now. Like he, he played very well when he had to. Like when they gave him the ball, they absolutely balled out. Uh, he did. So I'm thinking. I think he's gonna stay, stick around, and do uh, some good things for the Vikings. Maybe the best, of, maybe the one of the best, uh, uh, one of the best running back duos of all time. Like, uh, well, uh, with, as far as Vikings fans, other than Chester Taylor, Taylor and Adrian Peterson, those two were legit. By the way, yeah. like, I don't, nobody remembers Chester Taylor oh, either. Of course, of course, third down. I mean, as soon as I love watching him hit the field. Oh, it's, I yeah. mean. And he, he was a better pass catching back though than AP though. Yeah. Like AP, uh, okay, another to cut topic for discussion. AP, will okay. This man, I think he's only got one more year left on his contract with the Washington Redskins. You think he's got one more one thousand yard season left in him? Uh, that, no. I mean, yeah, he's old. Yeah, I mean, the age is. He's a dude that I want to see. I want to see him like catch Emmett, catch like you know maybe a couple spots on the all time rushing list and everything, but. I don't. I think the age is there to where I'm fine with him taking kind of a victory lap and playing a couple more years, and I'm excited for when he comes back for the day to sign and retire as a Viking. Yeah. But I don't know if a thousand yards is realistic for him next year. I still feel like okay when he played uh, for Washington and he came to Minnesota, like the way he was still running was mm-hmm. was phenomenal. Like mm-hmm. like Harrison Smith was afraid to tackle him, and Harrison Smith's a scary dude now. Like if you yeah. see. Like Harrison Smith, he's one of those quiet guys. You hear the stereotype about you don't like mess with quiet guys. He's that That's, guy. Yeah. And I think you know, looking at him and seeing that he was a little afraid to tackle Adrian Peterson, I, I agree. Like I, I get it because. That's a big. Now nah, he's he's big, but he's he's fast, elusive, but he makes you pay too. So I saw some good things out of AP here. I'm gonna go against the grain here. I see he has two more thousand yard seasons. Uh, I say one more with the Redskins, and then one more, uh, if not next year, the year after that. But then I think he's done. Yeah. Because. Yeah. Go ahead. I mean, the only thing like with the Redskins now with the, their rookie Mister uh, first name Haskins. I don't remember. But guys. What's that? Oh, guys. Yeah, Darius. Guys. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. I mean, I mean, I think he's going to be a legit back, and I think, he, like, with the split time that he's going to, like, AP is going to have, I don't think he's going to have enough carries to actually, like, use him well enough to hit a 1,000. I mean, I think next year he's going to be, like, maybe an 850, 925 guy. Yeah. Like, he could be close, but I don't think it'll be quite to a 1,000. Yeah. I still think he's got enough talent still. Like, isn't that crazy? Like, this dude's, like, what, 34, 35, 36? He's, like, yeah. he's old for a running back, and he's still got that explosiveness. He's still got that strength. For me, it's impressive because I'm watching this guy. He was the reason I really started watching the Vikings. Mm-hmm. AP was, I think it was 2007. I'll never forget it. I turned on the TV to watch the Vikings play the Atlanta Falcons, and this dude got a 60-yard, like, out pass from Tavares Jackson. Or it was, like, literally a, a, a zero-yard pass. <laughs> And he turned it into a 60-yard touchdown. And I was like, okay. From that moment on, I watched Adrian Peterson and everything he did. Mm-hmm. And I, I, obviously, he's a future Hall of Famer. I still th- – I want him to get I want him to get closer to Emmett Smith. He's, is it, what, over 14,000 yards? I want him to get – I want him to beat him. I want him to beat Emmett Smith uh, yeah. because I think he can. I think I think he's probably uh, – I, I might get a little flack for saying this. I think like he's a, more talented than Emmett Smith. Like, when we're talking about – like 
if Adrian Peterson had Emmett Smith's offensive line for half of his career, the two thousand yard season <laughs> would have been nothing. Yeah. Well, I mean, you think about when he like real big throwback, and oh, it's a wound for me. But watching him, what was it, two twenty twelve, the year after the ACL and everything, coming mm-hmm. back and hitting that two thousand and being like six yards short of Emmett, I was yeah, that hurt to see Eric Dickerson. But yeah, oh, and it was and but I also think he did it with that offensive line. It had like Brandon Fusco too. Mm-hmm. Like nobody. Like he did it with a like an, a below average offensive line. Yep. That's what that's the thing that impressed me about it more. Um uh so I think before we wrap up the show tonight, I actually we got some of the bonus material. Tristan couldn't make it. We were actually gonna give him some crap because he's never been to Disneyland or Disney World. I don't know how you don't like you said it's, it best. How do you not go to the happiest place in the world? Yeah. I mean, I guess I can't talk. I hit it at eighteen. I my childhood I guess wasn't that great, but my parents made sure I went, so you went. That's all that matters. And I went when I was, like, really young. So I don't remember. Oh, like, I remember some of it. I actually will get to something that I remember um, because we're going to say our favorite memory about Disneyland uh, and Disney World. For me, it was – I only have one. Even though it really wasn't, like, a favorite memory, it's more traumatizing than favorite, really. Um, you, I'm assuming you watched Jaws, right? Yep. Okay. I watched Jaws. And I actually liked the show. Like, I liked the sharks. I don't know why. I was, like – I literally was like uh, six or seven when I started watching Jaws. And usually got kids that young probably don't like watching, you know, things that come in the water and try to eat. Like I didn't I, – that didn't comprehend with me. And I was on the Jaws ride. I think – I can't remember. Disneyland or Disney World. I don't remember. It's either one. And uh, the shark came up my side of the boat and bit the electrical cord and scared the crap out of me. Like yeah. from that from that moment, I I literally I I'm I'm imagining that moment right now. Like I'm I'm closing my eyes. I can imagine that moment right now because it was so traumatizing. Like a shark came up my side. No, keep in mind, fake shark. But I didn't know. Like for all I knew, it was a real shark coming to get me. Oh, as a young kid, oh yeah. <laughs> Oh, and then, yeah, so that was my most, uh, the, the most memorable time. I also got my face painted like a Dalmatian. I mean, okay, if none of you have ever been, uh, or, or, excuse me, haven't been to any, either, either Disneyland or Disney World, go to either one, go to both, okay? Like, please. Okay, favorite memory for you, Disney World, and then we'll call it a wrap. Ooh, um, gosh, I thought about it all week, and it's been, I think it's gotta be, I want to say it's Animal, oh, we were in Animal Kingdom, and we were on, like the Mount Everest ride, I believe. I don't, okay. I don't remember the name. And uh, me and my little sister got lucky enough to sit up front. And of course, this, this is like their new, like fancy roller coaster where you, eventually you hit the end of the tracks and then it spins you backwards, right? And so we hit to the end. And apparently, my sister had never like seen or heard about it, and I I knew what I was getting into. And so we hit the top, and she's like, "Um, what's going on?" And you hear it click, and we drop backward. And I literally watched my little sister cry in the front of this roller coaster. <laughs> We're going backwards. Down through the rest of the roller coaster, and afterwards she gets off, and I want to say she didn't pee her pants, but she had cried enough to where it looked like she had peed her pants from all the water running down her face. To where Holy God. the rest, I mean, traumatizing for her, I guess it kind of matches yours, but for me, it was just watching her experience that was probably the best thing I've ever experienced <laughs> in my life. I'm not a big roller coaster guy, but if that would have happened to me, I don't think I would have had like uh, like a much different reaction. Like I, I I like roller coasters, but if that would have happened, if I don't know what's gonna happen, I probably would have a similar, if not the same reaction. Uh, but then again, in my defense, though, okay, I think I did cry about the shark, but I was like six. Okay, oh, I was. She doesn't get that same like 
you know, like little courtesy, like, okay, I understand you were young. No, yeah. she, I mean, yeah. my sister was 12 at the time. So I mean, definitely deserves a little, a little flack. And I'm, I'm glad she's not a big sports fan. I'm, she's missing out and watching the podcast, but I'm not <laughs> too worried about her finding out that I told the story. Okay. Uh, we'll be sure, we'll be sure to promote that a little bit. So it gets back to her. No, I'm just kidding. But, um, uh, no, I really do appreciate you coming on because I, I need Vikings fans. Uh, you know, the rest of you, please. Vikings fans, you know, you guys want to come on, let me know. Just email us at the sportsbp at yahoo.com because we need Vikings fans. We need lovers, man. We need we need people that uh, have been heartbroken a time or two because of the purple. And I say, I'd assume we've done that. Um, before we wrap it up, uh, or excuse me, we've had that. Before we wrap it up, though, please, everybody make sure to also watch us on YouTube for those that listen on SoundCloud and Spotify and everything. You guys can watch me, you know, uh, chuck my microphone across the room when the Vikings lose. Uh, you know, f- f- watch funny reactions, whatever. Make, make sure to watch us on YouTube. Also remember to subscribe. Caleb, man, you know what it is. We appreciate you coming on. It's been fun. Yeah, thanks for having me. We'll have to do it yeah. again. Absolutely. Fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, with that, uh, we're going to hit the road. But everybody, uh, make sure you have a good night. And as always, peace out. Thank you for watching the Sports Brief Podcast. If you would like to see our newest videos, keep in touch with the latest sports issues, or check in on your favorite team, be sure to subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, or SoundCloud, and follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram.